How do you implement lazy evaluation? Even if your does, language doesn't support it out of the box. By the end of this episode, you'll be able to implement lazy evaluation in your favorite language. My name is Eric Normand and I help people thrive with functional programming. So lazy evaluation is important because it's great for separating two concerns. One concern is how you generate a value, so the code for generating the value. And then the other half is, the other concern is how much of that value do you need or are you even going to need it at all? Right, so you can have one part of your code say, here is how you generate the value, and another part of your code that decides, given that value, like how much of it to actually use or whether to use it at all. Okay, so let's go over the sort of recipe for how you would build this thing. So what we're going to be building, you know, in code in you know, spoken code is called a delay. And a delay is an object that represents one lazily evaluated value. Okay, so it represents the value, but it hasn't been calculated yet. Or maybe it has. It doesn't matter. From the outside, there's just one interface method and on that object and it'll give you the value. Okay, so it's an object, right? So whatever you use in your language to build little a little object, um, I'm gonna assume something that has like a constructor, okay? So the constructor is going to take a calculation and that calculation is what generates the value. Okay, so let's give a, a really kind of dumb example, but if I need to calculate the value five plus four, but I don't want to do it right now, I want to delay it, I would pass the calculation five plus four to the constructor. Now, how do you make a calculation? How do you pass it? That depends on your language. In something like JavaScript, I would wrap that up in a function. So I'd make a function that just returns five plus four. And the function has zero arguments, okay? Now, what functional programmers call that a function of zero arguments, so it's really not a function at all. It's always gonna return the same value, but it's practical because it's something that hasn't run yet, but you could run it, right? So this is called a thunk. A function of zero arguments it's always if it's a pure function it's always going to return the same thing because there's no arguments it's called a thunk it's kind of like I think it's supposed to be the past tense the incorrect past tense of to think right I, I thunk about it um, but anyway it's a thunk and it you know the only thing you can do with it is call it and it will give you, it'll calculate the answer. So when I call this thunk, it will return nine to me. But until I call it, it hasn't done that addition yet. Okay, so that's the constructor for the delay object. 
it takes a thunk. Now, if you're in Java and you need you you don't have, uh, well, maybe Java 8 does have first-class functions now. Um, I don't want to argue about that. But it's going to be maybe in other languages, it's going to be um, an object with a single method called invoke or run, something like that. Okay, and it's not going to take any arguments. It's just going to finally run the thing. Okay, so that would be your thunk. All right, now this object, besides the constructor, it has one method. Doesn't matter what you call it. It could be called get or get value. Okay, but this is what the method does. It's going to first check whether you have already calculated the value. Okay, if you have, then it's just going to return that value. So it has to have saved it somewhere. Okay, like some field in the object. If it has not already calculated the value, it's going to call, it's going to run the thunk, it's going to call invoke or whatever method it is, or if it's a function, it's just going to call it. It's going to take the return value from that function, it's going to save it, and then it's going to return the value. Okay, so the first time you run this method, it will have to call the thunk. The second time, though, it will already be saved, so you won't need to call it again. Okay? And so what we've done with this, and that's it. That's it. That's done. What we've done is we've made a reusable and generic object that can work for any calculation you might want to delay. Okay, this is, this is a kind of a standard functional programming tool, like a little reusable thing. It just takes a calculation and it delays it. It's just one thing. So it just, it, it only works on arguments or uh, functions of zero arguments, right? Cause it doesn't remember, like it's not a memoize, but it's kind of like memoize, but only for functions of zero arguments. Memoize is another thing we can talk about in a future episode. I just wrote that down, so we'll get to that. Okay, so we, we've made this reusable thing. It's called a delay. It takes a thunk, which is a function of zero arguments, as the in part of the constructor. It remembers whether it has called that function before. If it has, it returns the saved value. If it hasn't, it calls it and saves the value and then returns it. Okay, it's reusable. You can use this a lot of places. You might be saving values already, like in some other method or some function has a little thing that remembers whether it's been called or not, but this is a reusable thing. So now you have a thing that is uh, totally reusable. Okay, so do yourselves a favor. I always like to give like a, a takeaway that you can go home and try. Um, implement this. I mean, this shouldn't be more than 10 lines of code. Uh, probably less if you've got a succinct language. Um, and I'd love to to get your code. Like, if you want to show it to me, I'd love to see what you come up with uh, to implement this thing. Uh, one of the cool things about functional programming that I really like is that it has... Um, 
it has they people have thought about these little little reusable components these primitives that give you a lot of power right this is a higher order primitive it takes a function and and transforms it into something else right and uh, i really appreciate these because first of all they're not hard to understand i feel like i can understand them and i can kind of collect them as part of a repertoire of things that i've learned so i can see how they're implemented it's a few lines of code and say ah i get it this really makes sense and even so i learn it in a functional language and then i go to another language let's say i have to do some work in java and i can just write it even though i don't have it it'd be really nice to just already have it i could just write it and it's not a big deal right that's what i really like that that these this knowledge is transferable okay it's really convenient to have a functional language like built around these things but i can bring it to any language i want uh one thing i'm thinking of now that i should have mentioned i said that the constructor takes the thunk and that the thunk should be a pure function it doesn't need to be a pure function um it does need to be something runnable so it can be an action or a calculation um just as an example, I could have, um, let's say, a, a thing that lazily, uh, lazily accesses the database. So it has, let's say, a, a delay for every page of values I get from the database. So I, I could make my interface for the database just return these lazy things and say here's all the pages you want page one you call this delay you want page two you call this delay you call it one page three you call this delay so it can say okay i'm done i've told you how to I'm, i've given you everything i've got and then the code that's got that calls that interface has all these delays it can decide i only need two pages i don't need all 700 pages from the database so i'm just going to call these two right isn't that nice? That's the separation of concerns I'm talking about. It can say, I just need these two pages. Yeah, I have these. Thank you. But I don't need to call. I don't need to get all that data from the database. I'm saving some bandwidth going back and forth from the database. Uh, the connection can be freed faster, what have you. If you didn't have the laziness, you would have to have some logic of you would ask for the first page and then you'd ask for the second page and then you'd stop. It's so much nicer to be able to just have the thing, just say, here's everything I know. Here's all the pages, right? Okay. Um, so like I said before, uh, popping the stack, whew, I'd love to see your code. Send me a gist. That would be pretty cool to see, uh, the code that you've written in your language. Um, and I, I'll put it together. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll collate them all into a single gist and, and link to it from the page. Speaking of which, if you want to see all of the past episodes, you can go to lispcast.com slash podcast. There I've got video version, audio version, and transcript. So that's text version, that's video, audio, and text of all of the old episodes and all, I guess, future episodes. 
I will have the future episodes. I wonder how you conjugate that. And you can also have links, find links for subscribing for uh, my email and my social media if you want to get in touch with me. Thank you very much. My name is Eric Normand, and I will see you in the next episode. Wait, is that true? No, you'll see me, but I won't see you. So what do I say? See me in the ex- next episode? Ah, anyway, uh, I hope you listen to the next episode. How about that? There we go. Bye.